All right, welcome to the Law Unscripted, where we are going to discuss all the things you never knew about the law and the legal system that you never understood and no one ever told you. Today, we're going to be taking on the differences between civil and criminal law by applying the real world case of O.J. Simpson. So, I'm Virginia Tarani. And I'm Chelsea Rogers. And this is a podcast brought to you by Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer till you do. All right. So, this is truly our very first episode yes. on this podcast. And we thought it would be best to start off with one of the most basic but most misunderstood legal issues civil versus criminal law. What in the world is the difference? Absolutely. I think when people think of lawyers, they think of TV lawyers. So they think law and order. They think, you know, criminal minds, all of those things. And that's only part of the law and not the most accurate either. Well, that's true too. <laughs> so, but yeah, almost everything that you're seeing on TV and most movies, let's be honest, is criminal law. Criminal law. Um, so most people, when they're thinking of cases, it's just criminal law. So, oh, well, that... It can't be that different. Right. And in some ways it's not, but it really is. Right. I think most people, when they encounter the legal system, are going to be dealing with civil law, not criminal. But a lot of people don't know much about civil law. Yeah. And I think that if they do encounter the criminal law, it's <laughs> no, divorces are civil. This, oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If they encounter the law, then civil. Yes. So yes, most, a lot of people, whether it's someone they know or themselves right. or their family members, yes, the civil law encompasses family law and divorces. Yep. You're absolutely right. If they encounter the criminal law, it's mostly through traffic tickets um, because sure. those are traffic, those are criminal <laughs> issues, charges. traffic cases. Yeah. They're, they're criminal charges. You have actually broken the law. You have offended the state. You have committed a crime against the state. And that's exactly the difference is the criminal law is the laws, the, the crimes yep. that the state has set up saying you cannot do these things. They're illegal. We think they harm other people or the society, our, our county, our state, mm -hmm. our city, um, our government and our people in some way. So we are going to charge you with a crime if you do these things. And that is state versus Chelsea Rogers. Yes. <laughs> Don't Google it. You might find something. <laughs> All those traffic tickets. Uh, truly. But no, I think that's the interesting thing when you think about it is that we have agreed to live in these cities, counties, states. And so it's like the social contract that we're all going to abide by these things. And if you don't do them, it's not necessarily an individual victim. It's like you have violated the contract we've all agreed to to live together. Exactly. Yes. And that's where you get into the legislature, that they're the ones who have put together these sets of rules of this is code number 801. Yes. You violated 801, whereas civil law isn't that specific. Right. Um, you can violate the common law versus an actual rule where by cases, by through the the centuries of, of all of these cases that have happened, then there's a tort. Yes. Well, what's that? Question of the day, yes. what is a tort and what part of the law is that? So a tort is civil law. If you hear tort, think civil law. It is not a crime. Um, it can have the same name as a crime. So there's something called an intentional tort. Um, but so we'll come back to that. But a tort is something civil. It is a civil action. So you are bringing a civil lawsuit because of this civil reason. It's, I feel like I'm just saying civil over and over again, which I think is why people are so confused, yes. is we keep saying civil to explain something civil. Right. So I think, I'm not a lawyer yet, so I think I'm the closest to sort of an outside perspective is a civil lawsuit, if you're looking at a piece of paper, it's going to say Virginia Tarani v. Chelsea Rogers. Yes. That is going to give you a clue that you're somewhere in civil court. Um, and not criminal because criminal, yes. you're going to have a, that prosecution state versus the defendant. Yes. It will always be a government yes. entity. So if you see the name of a case, you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. If it's state 
versus Chelsea Rogers. Mm -hmm. If it's government versus Chelsea Rogers, Montgomery County versus Chelsea Rogers. If it's some kind of government name, then it's criminal. And it's one government entity against one defendant. Yes. But if I want criminal, if I want to take, I mean, bad girl over here, (laughs) but (laughs) if I wanted to take you to court under, which would be a tort, right? We're in civil court. I could sue you. So it wouldn't say you've committed this crime against the social fabric. It would just say you committed an offense against me, not a crime. Correct. You've done a wrong. You've wronged me. You have wronged. Yes, you've wronged me. And because of that, you're responsible for some of the pain and suffering and damages that I have had because you did this to me. So you are guilty in a civil court? No. Okay. No. (laughs) That's the big no. (laughs) Yeah. Criminal, yes, you can be found guilty. But in civil court, it's the same kind of finding, but it's liable. So it's a different word. You were found liable. And ultimately what that means is you've been found responsible. Okay. In criminal court, it sounds the same as you did it. Right. So you're guilty. But in civil court, it's you did it, so you're liable. Okay. It doesn't have the same kind of ring, but that's the civil aspect. But I think that's a good thing to know. I think it's very difficult for people to know the difference. And I think that that's something that makes a lot of sense. You know, you hit my car. You rear-ended me. Yes. You may be guilty of speeding. You may be guilty of texting and driving, which are crimes, but you're liable for my pain and suffering. You're liable for my injuries, my cars, damage, et cetera. Absolutely. That's that's a really good way to phrase it because what you're seeing is one thing can have both criminal and civil implications is you were committing a crime when you were speeding, right? Because speeding is a crime. But while you were speeding, you did something to me personally. And if it's personal, then yes, that's a civil action. That is a tort. Mm -hmm. That is a civil lawsuit or a civil action against an individual or individuals. Right. Versus the state versus one. Right. Which is giving me ring. I think I know where we're going today yes. with this. And yes, I you think do. Everyone else will too. It's probably one of the most famous examples of this, right? At least at least for our time. Right. Um I, I hope there will not be another one of these because it it shouldn't be commonplace. Right. But truly, at least for our times, there has not been a better example of a criminal law case as well as a civil law Mm -hmm. as O.J. Simpson. And it was my generation. Yes. I remember it very vividly. I did have to go back and look up some facts, and there are still some things about the civil cases that I don't know as well. But I think between the two of us, we've got it covered. I think we at at least enough for this. I know, but I think it's so fascinating because I was not alive yet when it was happening, maybe just born on civil case might've been a couple years old for. Um, But I think that there is this difference in perspective when you sort of grow up with it's already happened and like the jokes about OJ and everything else to go with it versus watching it live and then being able to, as an attorney, go back and read how things were done. I think it's fascinating. It is fascinating. And especially going back now. Yeah. Of, Looking at it, because I remember the emotional side when I was growing up with it. Um, I was actually at choir tour in the summer on choir tour when I remember watching live the chase of the Ford Bronco driving down the highway with all of these helicopters and police cars and ambulances, everybody going after it. And I remember the feelings. I remember the fear. I remember all of it being within the same year or two as Rodney King. Which is a fascinating sort of historical context and social context for why the trial went like it did. I'll say I will take that as my own. I think that that gives a a sort of a, a background for this to play out on that might have been different had Rodney King... And the assorted events not happened with it. I absolutely agree. And we we can certainly come back. Yes. I think this may be a longer topic where we can probably do Talk a couple of that. parts. Um, because you're right. The, the so, there's the emotional aspect for everyone. 
There's the race aspect, which was huge for the criminal trial. There's the social aspect, Mm -hmm. which also is racial a lot in a way. Um, But all of those pieces put together, but all of that played out with the criminal trial. Right. And it, because you, not that it was so long ago, but it was one of the first ones that was publicized in the way it was. Yes. So the whole world was watching in a way that for the vast majority of people, their criminal charges don't result in a trial, let alone a public trial in this way. Um, You're absolutely right. Is, you know, my traffic ticket is not media coverage. Right. Nor should it be. (laughs) And, and it's not something, and even the murder cases that, you know, I handled murder cases as a prosecutor. And even those, there's not a lot of media publicity. And if it is, it could be a line in a paper, right? It's not, all of the the courtroom shenanigans, all of the every Everything. video, every photographer, every reporter, but the trial, the criminal trial, was about six months, which it is was incredibly long for a trial. Very, very long. Which was shocking to me when I got to law school to learn how short trials can be. <laughs> um, I have seen Virginia do multiple trials in the span of two hours. Yes. Um, which civilly, not criminally, to clarify, but that was shocking to me that you think trial, you think an OJ trial, you think, which we'll touch on later, Casey Anthony trial, you think yes. these big events that are weeks or months long, but the reality is most things either get pled out, they're not going to trial. If they go to trial, it's going to be a couple of days at the most, not months. For the, ver- for the larger, larger crimes, tri- like what we consider the heavier trial, crimes, right. yeah. right. So this, I think OJ will always sort of be the example because there was also a fairly well-publicized civil trial too. Yes. And that's where we get into the amazing part of this case. As bad as it is in so many ways, the example, the legal examples mm-hmm. that it gives us for th- themes. Yes. You, you know, if you're a law student, you're it's the glove studying. Don't fit, you must acquit. Come on. <laughs> Everyone knows that theme. Yes. You weren't even born no. and you know that. So so it gives such great examples of legal... God, I can't even come up with the word. I think it's the art part of law. Yes. Right? I love it. Yes, the legal art of how to practice law because you had Johnny Cochran. You had the dream team, truly yes. the, what was called the dream team of the defense legal team. And all of the examples of how to practice law and win at law right. happened. But everyone was caught up in that. And then the civil trial happened and they said, well, wait. How did this happen? What is this? You can't do a civil trial. You already had a trial. Double jeopardy, right? Right. He was already found not guilty. You can't bring him to court again. You would think. However, <laughs> you can't. Right. And so why, so why is that? If I, I think most people are familiar with the concept of double jeopardy. I mean, you have that, that nineties movie about it. You have yes, all of it. Was it Winona Ryder? No, no, no. It's not. It's Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. Love oh, it. I mixed them up. Yes. But I love that movie. Right. And the whole thing is that she was found guilty of a crime. Spoiler alert that she did not commit. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and he goes on to try and then commit that crime. Cause she can never be tried for it again. So and I think most people sort of understand the concept. Not every country has it. Right. Um, but that once you have had your day in court, that's it. That's the end. So why can we have OJ be acquitted criminally, but still have a civil trial? How does that work? There, most people initially say it's the same charge. Right. And that's where people get stuck on is they're using the language of charge. It's not a new charge. It's not a criminal charge. Okay. It is a civil count. Um, so it is, people colloquially say it's a civil charge. Some states even actually do it, but technically it is a criminal charge and a civil count. It Because there are different levels of proof. Okay. Because there are different parties. Right. Because there's actually even a different word for what's being charged, so to speak. Or alleged, right? Alleged. I love it. So for the crime of murder, you have one crime. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It is murder. And you have the elements of that crime. Yes. It is willful and intentional. The act was committed. The act was committed by OJ Simpson. <laughs> um, I'm just saying it. I can't prove it, but I can say it. I mean, so, if he did it, that was how he would do it. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Yes, if right. he did. So those would be the things that you have to prove. But in a civil case, and especially in his, it's brilliant mm-hmm. because you're not charging murder. So what would the count then be? There were two. Okay. His, um, so there were two victims, two, I'm holding up three <laughs> fingers. Um, for those of you who can see me and those of you who can't, I'm holding up three fingers. There were two victims okay okay so people who alleged that they were wronged for the civil lawsuit it was ron goldman's parents okay for the civil lawsuit there were two victims of the homicide right those victims were ron goldman and nicole brown and nicole brown was oj simpson's wife right they were divorced at the time of the homicide though okay ron goldman And this was a surprise to me Mm -hmm. because as a kid, I remember thinking, oh, well, they had to be boyfriend, girlfriend. That's why Ron died. Was it kind of the assumption, I think? But no, I don't think so. From everything that I've seen, and I and I haven't done as deep a dive as I should have or could have, and that's why we may do two or three I'm of these. I'm sure someone will let us know in the comments. Well, there's that too. <laughs> so yeah, put it in the comments. But I think that he was at least her friend. Okay. And that he had seen her a time or two, but I don't know that there was actually a sexual relationship going on. Wow. And the night that they were both murdered, as the facts went through the trial, he she had gone to the restaurant where he was a waiter. Okay. And while she was there, she left some glasses. Okay. He was returning them to her at her wow. condo. And that's when they were both killed. Wow. So I thought, and my little crime show personality here is like, oh, he must have found them in bed. And there's something dramatic. But no. He would have had a better defense if that's what happened. He might have. At least, no, it would have at least been a second degree murder at the heat of the moment. But no, it was Ron Goldman was outside of the condo. So OJ Simpson and Nicole Brown had been married. Um, They'd been divorced for approximately two years. They had two children together. He was famous. And that's why I think this was so hot in the press is he was what a Buffalo Bills football player. I, I will take your word for it. Sure. I think that's the team that he was on. He was Buffalo Bills. Famous football player. He'd gotten into acting. He was in Roots. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He He's in some really, at least one big film, and he was becoming more popular. They were starting to have him on more films, and he was starting to become friends with other actors. He had okay. an actor living in his guest house, the Cato Kalin. Right. And I think he, right, he's in these circles. And I think now it's a lot more common that we see yes. sports people sort of get these sponsorships, move outside of sports. I'm you, being general because I don't know a lot about it, but you see them, you know, branding for other things. You know, yes. they're on cereal boxes. They're getting whatever brand deals they want with Nike, Adidas, that kind of thing. But I, at that time, it might not have been as common. I think that's correct. And because there wasn't as much social media. Well, yeah, I mean, there was nothing. It was 1994. Right. We had commercials. We had radio. I I didn't have a cell phone. We. <laughs> I don't know that you've lived without a cell phone ever. I did. I briefly, briefly, briefly. I and I was like late to the adoption of technology because my parents were strict. But so I didn't get an iPhone until my senior year of high school and Gasp. shocking. It was so traumatic. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it does change things a lot because it just did. in my life, I had the flip phones that you had to, you know, three buttons to text, to, te- to type Which one letter. So different 
than how things are now. And just the spread sort of information has been exponential. You yes. talk about, it was the 90s that they first had, if I'm remembering correctly, the first 24-hour news cycle was yes. in the late, mid-90s. That's my understanding as well. So you go from that to now having, you know, every question you could ever want answered at your fingertips. Right. But I think that's why OJ became, sorry, this case became huge is it happened <laughs> right at the right time in history where media was changing. Yes. And it was such an, in, an intense media frenzy. Yeah. Where we have, now we have the Johnny Depp trial. Right, right. This right. happened last year. We had the Johnny Depp trial this year, whatever it was. Like right down Recently, the road. Yes. Literally down the road from us. Um, we're in Maryland. It's in Fairfax. And that's the norm. Yeah. We expect to see it. We expect to have Nancy Grace commentating. We expect to have yeah. everyone else. But at the time, that was strange. That was odd. This right. was the phenomenon. Larry King covered it. What? Larry King covered it. And he was. That's it, shocking it, to me. It, he did. They had it, you know, on the Tonight Show. They had mm -hmm. parodies going. Wow. Um, so. But this was the entertainment and this was so abnormal and so sensational. And it was this amazing football player and movie star who basically is the Johnny Depp of that time. Right. And it's interesting because Johnny Depp, his trial was not a criminal trial. No, it was civil. And it's one of the few civil cases. Being covered the same way. Being covered the same way as if it were criminal. Right. Which I think if anyone got on Twitter during the Depp trial... The, the takes were people didn't understand the difference between the two, which I think is interesting. Um, so I think part of the reason, too, with OJ, and you correct me if I'm wrong, is that not only was he a star himself, he had sort of the best of the best when it comes to attorneys. Yes. And he had friends who were not even criminal attorneys that somehow became involved in this. With correct. Um, like a Kardashian, perhaps? There was a Robert Kardashian involved, Yes. And it was Dershowitz was one of the attorneys, yes. Johnny Cochran, who was became he was already famous because he was a civil rights attorney. Right. That was what he was mostly known for. And I'm pulling up all of my notes. So um, you guys there were so many yeah, attorneys, the, there, which is were at least six, which you have been a, a defense attorney. Did you have five other people to help you out with your cases? No, I <laughs> don't you wish I, I do wish I had one case um, that was a very big case. And I had one attorney with me. So we tag teamed it. Yeah. First but, and second chair. Exactly. But that was it. And same for prosecution. I had, I was first and second yes. chair on some murder cases. And the only one I personally was involved with that was much more than that was there was one murder case that I was involved in where there were six of us. Wow. As the prosecution. Your own dream team right there. I guess so. Wow. Dream team. I'll, I'll tell them. I'll have to call and tell them what you a dream should. team we were. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it was the Commonwealth's attorney, mm -hmm. two of the other deputy attorneys in the office, and then three assistant attorneys who were making up the um, evidence team, I guess the motions okay. team, who were handling all of the motions while the others were handling the, the trial aspect of it. Okay. But yeah, no, in any case, okay, so six sorry attorneys, to that's a not lot. at all. It's a, it is a lot. And they were all famous. Right. And from what I recall, I'm going to pull up my little facts that I, I went back it. through last night. I think he spent between three and six million dollars on his legal team. Wow. Think about it. He's got six attorneys working on his case for six months, just trial. Right. That's just the trial. And then all of those prior months from the time that he's charged. Right. All the way through the trial. That's a lot of money. I mean, right. As an attorney, like you said, these are very well-established mm -hmm. attorneys who I'm sure their rates reflected their, um, I won't say their, <laughs> I won't say their education or their skill, but their notoriety. And yes. People, sometimes people want big name attorneys. And if you are then a big name attorney, you can charge what you want. Yes. And that's another difference, though, with this civil case, okay. especially for O.J. Simpson. The dream team went away. Oh, I didn't know that. There was no dream team for his civil case. Okay. 
he had attorneys and he paid his attorneys. Right. Um, but they were not the same six attorneys. Wow. They were not the dream team. And they didn't specialize in criminal law because it wasn't a, a criminal, criminal case. Trial. Okay. So I think we talked about this earlier. So in the criminal trial. Yes. OJ was charged with homicide. Two, two counts of homicide with special circumstances. Um, and in L.A., the charges, as I understand them, for California, the special circumstances were, were that there were two. It's a multiplier, okay. that there were two deaths, two homicides committed at the same time. So something that, like, aggravates the original charge. Exactly. Okay, so, and he was acquitted of those charges. He was. He was fully acquitted, meaning found not guilty of both of those two charges of homicide regarding Nicole Brown Simpson mm -hmm. and Ron Goldman. Okay. So when we say he was found not guilty or he was acquitted, that means that the state, the prosecution, was unable to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, right, that Correct. he committed this crime. Absolutely. Not that he's innocent, which is different. It is totally different. Some Sometimes the two are the same. Right. And that happens often enough. That's why we have great public defenders. That's why we have the Innocence Projects, great attorneys. Yes. Because sometimes it really does mean not guilty they truly are actual innocent, actually innocent. But legally speaking, it only means they weren't able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he was guilty of those two crimes. And so I think people have heard reasonable doubt on TV. I think most people would know what that is. So what does that mean? If we're saying beyond a reasonable doubt, do I say, unless I saw it with my own two eyes, right? Like that was, that would be a perfect thing. You saw the crime happen. It, there's no doubt there. So right. Like what is a reasonable doubt? But you would not be my juror. <laughs> fair enough. You had witnessed a crime. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, but yes, it's not a lot of TV shows. You're going to see them say beyond any shadow of a doubt. N no, it's not beyond any shadow of a doubt. My cat could have done it. That's beyond any Weirder shadow. things have happened. They have. So that's beyond any inconceivable doubt. It's reasonable. Beyond a reasonable doubt. Is it reasonable that my cat could have done it? No. no. So I'm not going to throw a cat theory out and say that that's reasonable and he should be acquitted. Is it reasonable? Possible. But reasonable. That he couldn't have done it or didn't do it. Okay. If it's at least reasonable, conceivable, and gives you pause. Enough to say, ooh, maybe, just maybe not, mm -hmm. then that's reasonable doubt. Okay, so that makes sense. So then the civil trial came next. It did. Um, and so what were the, not charges, counts? The counts, the yes. Counts. The, the actions, the yes. torts. Same event, a Exact the, same event. The death, it was, I mean, it was a murder, but the, the death yes. of Ron and Nicole. Yes. Gave the criminal trial, which, um, I mean, he was acquitted. Mm -hmm. And so then the civil trial. And what was the civil trial sort of what, I guess, were the counts, the chart, the, what were they trying to prove? <laughs> You're right in that it was the same facts. Yeah. Everything was the same. And we're going to talk, put a pin in this okay. because I do want to talk about what was, what facts were different in the trial, okay. but the case was the same. Essentially. It's not like there was another death right. of Nicole Brown Simpson. It was one death. You can't find another death. Right. But her parents did one claim for a survivor suit. Okay. For assault and battery. Oh, fascinating. And Ronald's parents, they were separated, so they didn't sue together. They had different last names. One was Goldman. I can't recall I the other. Rufo, maybe? Rufo, I think, sounds right. I've got it in my yeah, notes. But they brought wrongful death claims. So they okay. brought one each, one for each of them. Mm -hmm. And then Nicole Brown Simpson brought the assault and battery. So it was, it's the strangest thing because everybody says, if you even know that there was a civil right. case with OJ Simpson, they're like, oh, it was a wrongful death claim. And that's the natural assumption. Yeah. And they're right for two counts, but not the third. The third was not a wrongful death. It was an assault and battery case, which normally say, ding, 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 
That's a criminal trial. Yeah. And it could have been. But it was included criminally with the murder. Because, of course, you have an assault and battery if they're dead. If they're dead. Right. Something, they assaulted and battered them so much that they're dead. So, do you think, and I don't know, so I'll ask you this, that they put that as one of the counts because it might be possible to prove assault and battery, but maybe not the wrongful death. That's exactly what they did. And it was a brilliant piece of legal maneuvering. So it was legal strategy there. I think so. I mean, I think that that makes sense. So this would be my other clarifying question before we even jump into the the bean of it. So you said that Nicole's parents brought the suit, brought counts, and then so did Ron's parents who were separated. Yes. So how were they able to do that? Are are all parents, if there's a dead child, that sounded so morbid that it was not the way I meant that to come out. Right. I mean, you have to say it because that's because the person can't bring it for themselves. Correct. They're gone. Nicole can't bring an action against herself. Right. Or or on behalf of herself. So what her parents did is each state has different rules as to who can bring a lawsuit on behalf. So that's of someone who's deceased. For our law students, that's standing. Yes. Keep that in your mind. It's helpful. Excellent. Well done, Chelsea. Yay. Wonderful word. I passed con law one time. <laughs> that's civil procedure, I think. For, it? Well, it's also con law. I think we did a lot of standing in my con law class for some reason. I, th- I think you're right that that's we the did primary purpose. The, I mean, think about timing here. We did about the abortion issue a lot of medical mm. providers. So it was a hot topic. So I think we did a lot of standing in my con law class. That makes sense. So standing. Yes. So who has the right to sue? Right. I right. can't as a, someone who's never met her say, well, I was a, I was a fan of hers. So I would like to bring a suit on behalf of her. I couldn't and do that's that. That's a lovely idea, but no, you right. can't. Um, she would have had, so the survivorship action that was done for Nicole. Yes. It was truly assault and battery, and it's a criminal charge. Assault and battery, everybody says, oh, that's a criminal charge. And it is, but it is also a civil charge if you bring it on one person's behalf on another person. Okay. So if it's not the state versus O.J. Simpson, it is now Nicole Brown versus O.J. Simpson. And she can say in a civil action, you assaulted and battered me. And because of that, I have damages. So I think, okay, that makes sense to me. So to clarify, what would those damages be? So say I walk up to you right now, punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be criminally assault and battery, but also... I would call the police. You would call the police. So I would. I would be arrested and charged with a crime. But me being convicted of that crime doesn't help you if I've now made your teeth fall out, right? Yes, Correct. You can go to jail, and yes. I would try to make sure you went to jail. And that's the criminal part. That's the state saying right. that is such unacceptable behavior that we that are going punished. to call that a crime and yes. punish you by locking you loss up. of freedom. Yes. And that is the def- fundamental difference that you've hit on. Right. So civil is not, you're never sort of that liberty interest is never at stake in a civil. Correct. But if you brought that, that, that assault, I punched you in the face, you brought it in civil court, I might have to pay your medical bills as damages, right? That is the primary purpose of most civil cases okay. if they're not family law related. Right. So yes. in a tort, which looks circling back, dragging there we all go. in. So in a tort action, you're really going after liable for damages. Exactly. So to find them sort of responsible and then make them pay. pay. Yes. Okay, perfect. Civil cases on the whole, not all of them, but on the whole, are someone needs to pay me. Right. Criminal cases, someone needs to go to jail. Yes. Civil pace, cases, someone needs to pay me. Those okay. are the ultimate premises. So we- probably should have said that at the very beginning. And if you've been listening all of this time, good for you. <laughs> That's the ultimate premise is there's two different consequences. Right. One, you can lose your freedom, potentially not all. There are traffic tickets, which... You pay a fine. Right. Um, but it's not like the fine goes to a victim, right? Right. It so goes damages to the state. is really for, and we'll throw in some more buzzwords, the mm-hmm. plaintiff, defendant. So yes. defendant is going to be the same, civil and criminal. Yes, they're called the same. But you would have a prosecution in a criminal, but you would have a plaintiff, the person bringing the suit, yes. in a civil. 
Yes. Perfect. They aren't prosecuting the person, but they are bringing a lawsuit saying, you did this to me Mm -hmm. and you should pay me. So if you punched me in the mouth, my teeth fall out. I am suing you and I am presenting all of my medical bills as to this is how much it has cost me to fix my teeth. Pay me back and pay me for pain and suffering. Right, because you had to go, you know, a month with your teeth messed up or whatever it is, right? Yes. So this is what the parents of Nicole and Ron did, yes. Yes. They came and said, even though he was acquitted in a criminal court, Mm -hmm. we believe he is responsible for the wrongful death of Nicole and Ron and also for the assault and battery of Nicole and Ron. Yes and no. Okay. For Nicole as I understand yeah. it, and double check me, you guys can put it in the comments and I'll eat it if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure, based on my research and reviewing, is her parents only brought a survivorship action where okay. they stepped into her shoes and sued him for assault and battery. Okay. And his he was supposed to pay for the damages he caused. Interesting. For her assault and battery. Okay. Ron's parents sued for wrongful death, where they sued saying, O.J. Simpson is responsible for the death of my son, and I have damages because you killed my son. Okay. I had injuries. I had loss of relationship. Right. Um, Sometimes a parent can have loss of of payment, of financial loss. Right. But these are, this is going back, and I'm afraid I didn't circle around soon enough, but it's going back to your question of who has standing, who can bring these cases, because it's not a fan. Right. It's not a random person. It's someone who actually had a loss. Right. And in most states and jurisdictions, they say you have to be a very close relative. A spouse. A spouse. Is a given. Maybe an adult child. Sometimes children. um, Sometimes younger children. Because they would have been financially provided for by the parent who died. So that is a classic loss. And you're hearing our dogs in the background. (laughs) I apologize, but we love our dogs. Check out our website. You'll see them. You'll you'll see the dogs who are barking. Um, But but yeah, so uh, those close family members can sue because they have personal damages, a loss. a loss, financial, emotional, some kind of support mm-hmm. loss because of the other person's death. Right. Whereas Nicole's parents were saying, no, 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 she was assaulted and battered and she was injured. Mm-hmm. So we're stepping into her shoes to sue you for the damages you caused by her assault and battery, which resulted in yes. her death. Um, and it's a punitive Finding. So this is interesting because I don't think this is something that I've ever learned in law school, but I think this is interesting. So they are essentially the way they are bringing the suit saying that we are survivorship stepping into her yes. shoes to file is almost as if what they are bringing a claim about is unrelated to her then subsequent death, right? Correct. So that would be in something that's like less dramatic than this. This is maybe someone is in a car accident, which is pretty bad. They broke their leg. And then for an unrelated reason, they die before they're able to sort of bring that claim. Someone could do that for them. That's exactly what this is. Is in that case, let's say it's a spouse who's who's surviving. Well, they may not have died because of that car accident. They they broke their leg. But the estate Mm -hmm. is established for the person who's passed. And someone, a personal representative, an estate agent, whatever you want to call them, executor, steps into their shoes and continues that civil case against the driver who hit them and caused them to lose their leg. Right. As if they were alive. But they have to prove the case. If they can prove that the other driver hit them and caused the damage then there is still money to be had for the victim of that crime. But now you have stepped in to their shoes okay, to still pursue that action on behalf of the victim. And that's right. what so they're her not, parents did. Right. So his parents were claiming their own personal loss yes. for the death of their son. Whereas her parents were saying, no, Nicole suffered damages 
because of his actions. Not that we as her parents have suffered. That's my understanding. Okay, that's fascinating because I didn't know you could do that. I didn't now. even know it had happened until I, I started looking back at it again yeah. when we were looking into this. Of course you do O.J. Simpson right. for civil versus criminal. And my assumption, just like everybody else, is if you even know about the civil cases, yes. well, it was a wrongful death case. Right. Well, it was, but there was an extra piece of brilliant strategy because they didn't have to prove he killed her. No, that is the most fascinating sort of legal, like very nerdy, like legal maneuvering skill right there yes but law is like you said at the beginning an art it is is a strategy it is way less math way more language arts like it is and i think that that's something a lot of people don't realize but i want to go back to you said they still have to prove the case yes they do beyond a reasonable doubt no and this is this is the other key difference between the criminal and the civil and another reason the civil case was brought okay so okay well they couldn't prove it beyond a reasonable doubt because it's a pretty high standard it's the highest standard of any case that we have the highest one you have no higher one it's kind of because you have the most at line like on this on the line at stake right you go to you lose your liberty which sometimes you you lose your life for a death penalty case so yes it should be the highest, highest standard. standard. But for a civil case... Where that's not on the line. It's not. And it's just it's money. Just. <laughs> just. I mean, it's just money. Oh, my god. And goodness. we have one of our dogs joining Hello, us again. For those of you who can't see, this is Olive. This just is Chelsea's boy. Cuddling uh, in here. So he's joined us on the couch. Um so just, tippy tuppies. <laughs> yeah, we, we can hear him. I'm not sure if you can. We'll, we'll sit and listen afterwards. But we can hear him yes. clumping down the stairs and joining us. But... So, yes, so, so liberty yes, the, is not on the line, so we're not using beyond a reasonable doubt. How right. does that work in civil court then? In civil court, it is a preponderance of the evidence, which is a super fancy term for more likely than not. Which, okay, that's way easier to understand because preponderance of the evidence sounds like maybe a jury shouldn't be doing that because that sounds way legally. Right, how can they do that? Like, what is that? How do I preponder? What does that mean? But if you're saying it's more likely than not. So I think the way that's easy for me is like, oh, it's if we're saying there's a 50-50, if it's 51 and 49, it's more likely than not, right? Honestly, if it's 50.001, and 49.999 it is still more likely than not it is just just a tip fascinating a little bit more likely that that's true (laughs) yes they 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 hover at that equal sign and then if they're a little bit more a little bit less but but that is the civil one so you look at the criminal trial of oj simpson and you said well he probably did it right well that's even more convincing than the civil case has to be wow if you think he probably did it then that's even more than it's more likely that he did it right than not it's possible that he did it it's fascinating it's a whole different standard so you're looking at almost a, almost a 50 50 that's the standard and because that standard is so different because the damages are different it's not freedom it's mm-hmm. money it's civil okay that's and you can bring it you can bring it you can have the same witnesses they could have done the exact same trial had all of the same witnesses all of the same evidence you could have read it in you could have had like the transcript just you could have just read the transcript to the jury now it's there is reasons you don't but you technically could have just read the transcripts to the jury in the civil case and then essentially like you said it's the same evidence same witnesses mm-hmm. but the question is different and the is. standard is different right they're Absolutely. not saying this is the highest standard with the highest cost you know liberty that's not what the jury's being asked in this new Correct. trial they're being asked is it more likely that he did it than he didn't and that's their standard yes and then they don't sort of have that in the back of their mind of this will put someone in jail. This will yeah. that. So there's not as much on the line. You know, he's a big celebrity, you know, make him pay essentially. Yes. Capitalism, baby. It, it really, <laughs> it really is. And that's why we, li- and a lot of people, you know, yeah. now will say 
Well, go for the deep pockets. Right. Well, of course he had money. Well, go where it hurts. What's going to hurt him it's is money. his money. If he had three to six million dollars to spend on his legal team, well, then he has three to six million or more to pay us for killing our children. Right. Is the idea. Okay, so this is more general, and we can get in. I'm sure you know the specifics on this, but I think this is kind of morbid, but we, we do it in our first year of law school of, like, yes. how do you calculate if someone dies or mm. if someone is grievous, grievously, grievously? Grievously. Grievously? Okay. I don't know what my mouth wanted to do then. That's fine. Um, grievously injured. There, how, do you, how do you measure the worth of that, right? It is... I wish it was an easy calculation. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a table. Because if I would always use this table. Tell me what a tooth is worth. 500? Okay, I'm asking for 500. What is a broken bone worth? I wish I knew. Right. But it's it's not set. Right. A jury or a judge can decide. And juries are faced with, well, I don't know how much this is either. So you present evidence that would increase or decrease the money like give some sort of like rational basis of this is how much so for instance a wrongful death claim where there was a financial need that was being met so your spouse dies right um you're alleging that um there was medical malpractice Mm -hmm. um so you're suing the doctors for wrongful death that my husband would have been alive had this doctor not negligently performed the surgery So you present proof of how much money your spouse was making Mm -hmm. and contributing to your household. That you've now lost. That you've now lost. That's an easier way to do it because it's quantifiable. Right. I can see my husband made X amount of money per year. Now he makes none. It was likely that he would continue to make that amount or, you know, marginal increases for cost of living. Yes. I know there is that. So we did have a chart in torts. Actuarial table? Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, I could not remember that for the life of me, but we used one. And it yes. and they do kind of have it's not an exact science, obviously, but they have it sort of what the estimated percentages for cost of living yes. over the years would be and that will you know, if the payout is one big payout or like structured settlements over years. Yes. And how that works, which was fascinating. And then they also do the ones that were really morbid and hard of like, if a child passes away, yes. there's no way to quantify. They don't have a salary. They didn't bring in the parents' income. grief. Is we paid more because they were alive. Right. And then, mm-hmm. and then you just really have no way to know. Maybe they would have become the person that cured cancer and right. maybe they would have been the next Instagram model. We don't know. Um, so those I think are interesting because it's left up to sort of a jury or a judge in a bench trial to make that call to what was that life worth? Right. And there are so many subjective factors. Um, was the person sickly? Right. Were it's an 80 year old on their deathbed. Right. Uh, right. And we, well, they're just as human and just as alive right. as anyone else. And we cared about them. You know, I can't imagine losing, right. you know, my parents, but they are older. So they would go into this little actuarial table and, I would get less because they're older. Yeah. So the older you get, the less you get. Um, or an, the older a person is who has passed, right. the less money generally is that is passed out. But but simply because there just was technically and on average less life to be had, to be lived. Right. But that doesn't mean it has to be because okay. a jury could say... There was so much pain and suffering egregious on behalf of the person who died, or there was so much pain and suffering that was caused to the survivor that that is worth more. So even if he would have made more money, would not have made more money, let's forget about the salary. Let's forget about that. Let's say this is so bad, you should be paid more. Because it was, you know, maybe a, a very terrible mistake versus right. like an actual accident that happens in medical practice. If a it's something too. like I showed up to the job drunk and then messed up a surgery I was doing, yes. which would be under medical malpractice, perhaps. It would be, yes. Civilly, that's obviously a crime, but. No, no, no. Is it tort. Civilly, it's a tort. That's what I said, yeah, but you it's also crime. a crime. It's also a crime. I don't know. Coming, being a surgeon and coming in drunk has to be a crime. What's the crime? 
operating heavy machinery. <laughs> I feel like I can make an argument for that. It's, it's to my knowledge, not it is crime? not a crime. Unless I... you said it was assault and battery. Okay, that's fine. Then. But what state actor is going to bring a charge? Nobody. Against a doctor. It is not a crime. Fascinating. It is a tort. Okay, that's fascinating because I was trying to think that maybe you could, but you're right. A prosecutor likely is not going to do that. It would be very difficult to that prove. That is a and- personal injury. Wow. And it's unfortunate, but it's a personal injury that caused the death. Now, if it's a drunk driving case. Right, right. That's different. If it's, if it's drunk surgery, I don't <laughs> think there's a charge. There sh- you're right. There should be. But drunk surgery is not a charge, but drunk driving is. Right. So if it were drunk driving... The state could bring a charge for drunk driving. DUI. DUI. If someone died as a result of the the drunk driving, you could bring a DUI and vehicular homicide. Right. Where it's you killed somebody while you were drunk driving. And the state has decided in its laws that this is so bad of a public act, you know, a public act. We're going to punish it so more people don't do it. We're going to make a public example of right. it. So either specific or sort of general deterrence mm-hmm. and all of that. So mm-hmm. bad example with the, the drinking and surgery. No, it was brilliant because it it brought us back to the beginning, right? right. Why, why this is confusing is most people would say, but he's guilty. No, he did something bad, but it's not guilt. Because it he's might not be a crime. So in, in kind of what I was getting at with that, though, is that maybe if the facts are particularly egregious like that, right? That a jury might, even if it was an 89 year old, Mm -hmm. a jury might award more as a punishment against the doctor or surgeon or whatever. Absolutely. And you can, sometimes you can actually put it that way where the judge will say, these are punitive damages where it is so horrible that they should be punished financially more than just compensating. Okay. I think that's a good difference because Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, regular people and law school people, yeah. compensatory damages versus punitive damages because they are different and they do have different, I yes. know some states have caps on some of them in right. different jurisdictions, right? But so right. punitive Punit- is not like something that you would have to medical bills, right? That's not- That's compensatory. Right. That's where you're I'm compensating somebody for-, for their loss, for something they've already done. Right. The active reimbursement, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good way to mm-hmm. think about it, right? You, and that would be something you'd have to prove in court would be compensatory Correct. damages. Correct. And for punitive, not every jurisdiction allows them. Right. And if they do, there are only, there are specific ways. So yeah. a, an accident, a car accident, mm-hmm. which is what we do a lot. That's my main practice. Yeah. I can get compensatory damages for a client mm-hmm. if they were hit in an accident, but I get punitive damages in Virginia if they were hit by a drunk driver and injured in an accident. But if it's it was not a drunk damages, but not if it was a drunk driver. Correct. If it was just a, a rear end, a typical. If it's just a standard accident, maybe it's just as bad as the drunk driving accident, but the driver wasn't drunk. Then I get compensatory, but no punitive. But no punitive. And so that's in Virginia. What about Maryland? Maryland, I do not know of any punitive ability even with drunk driving um there might be with medical malpractice um i honestly don't do much medical malpractice so there might be something there that's fascinating um but it depends on the state the the virginia one i know because i do traffic accidents and the drunk driving one is so such a strong example to me here's where i know you have punitives yeah and compensatories, and then there's pain and suffering. Right. But when a jury gets it, now this is fun. Okay. Even if they don't have punitives. Okay. So let's say we have same crash, terrible crash. You lose your leg. Right. Horrible crash. Awful. You lose your leg. We go to trial. I tell you it was a drunk driver. I tell you you can, the tell a jury mm-hmm. that they can award punitive damages for you mm-hmm. because he was drunk. Okay. Great. You get punitives. I go to the same trial for you losing your leg and I tell a jury he wasn't drunk. He just really drove very, very poorly and right. caused this accident and caused you to lose a leg. A jury, Nothing. you you don't get automatic punitives, but a jury could yeah. default for you. Oh. Because a jury in their mind, in their calculations and going back to the little jury room can say, you know what? I don't know how much it was worth. I can pay her back all the medical bills. Right. That's easy. These are her medical bills paid. 
But pain and suffering. How do you quantify it? How do you quantify it? So with that type of damage, you will sometimes see juries almost evaluating it as if it's punitive damages. They're Uh, never going to call it that. No. But you will find a higher verdict if it's the higher injury. Right. Under pain and suffering. Correct. They're going to call it pain and suffering. Fascinating. But the mindset is going to be you cut off somebody's leg. Right. So you should pay for this. But the quantifier is pain and suffering. I love that. That is super interesting. I'm so sorry if you hear him click clacking again. We've had a... It is not an apology. He's so super sweet. He's excited to be included. Okay. So we've talked a lot about sort of the purposes of of the civil trial, sort of the standing with all of that. So what happened in OJ's civil trial? So in OJ's civil trial, and we are going, this is good. This is, we're going to wrap it up with Perfect. what happened. Okay. Um, and then we'll consider whether we come back to OJ. We might, if you have questions or things that hmm. you need a little bit more explanation, anything you remember about the trial that you want us to address, let us know and we can do that. Absolutely. We love this and this love is our the, favorite thing to do. It really is. So tell us and we'll talk. Um, <laughs> What happened was he was found liable for all three counts. Wow. For all three. And I am going to, you're going to hear me I love it. scrunch my notes. Um, I did actually write down the amount of damages that they awarded. Okay. Um, which was absolutely shocking. But it goes to the the whole point that we were just talking about of what's the jury going to pay well, the claim for Nicole Brown was assault and battery, but oh God, what was the result of the assault and battery? Well, she's dead, right? So even if you say it's just assault and battery, it's not death. They're going to say, well, she died, so they're going to give more money, and that's exactly what they did. So in total, oh God. Among the three plaintiffs, um, okay, and it was just Nicole's dad. Here we go. Here's my notes. So um, Ron Goldman's, both of his parents, Fred Goldman and Sharon Rufo. Rufo, there we go. Nicole's dad, Lou Brown, was the one who sued for her. And yes, it was the assault and battery, the intentional tort that resulted um, ultimately in her death. But that was for punitive damages. And the other was only for compensatory. So overall, it was $33.5 million <gasps> was the verdict. Oh, my God. Some people would say they would rather have gone to jail than to have that money <laughs> <laughs> put against them. But it was $8.5 million between the two Goldman parents and twelve point five for the assault and battery for Brown. Wow. So here's a question. Did he pay it? No. And this, we are going to put a pin in because we are absolutely coming back to this. It's one of my favorite subjects in law, especially for civil law, is he went bankrupt and didn't pay. Somehow I feel like he's not actually bankrupt. I'm just going to throw it out there. What fascinating ideas you have, Chelsea, because you're right. There was a lot that was, I don't know bankruptcy very well, but I know it enough because of our practice in civil law to know a little bit about what happened and all the hinky things that did. It's really quite fascinating. Ultimately, in 2017 or 18. So recent. Yeah, recently the, the Goldman family came back saying that he had paid approximately 1% of this 33-something so, million I mean, dollar like, judgment. What, it's still million. a lot. Like, it's like, still a lot, um, but clearly not what the jury thought they deserved. Right. Um, his Heisman Trophy was sold. I mean, he. Yeah. all of these things were sold off to try to pay. Fascinating. Um, but... A lot of it had to be wiped because of the bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And I honestly am not sure how much more, if any, has been recovered since then. But in the end, it was a moral victory to say, okay, 
that criminal trial did not go the way that we wanted. Right. He should have been found guilty. He wasn't. So where's the next thing that we can do, the next way to go? Accountability. To to make him accountable, yes, for what we believe that he did. And that's where they went. That was the verdict that they got. And he paid some of it. And he's certainly been paying in the court of... Public opinion? There we go. Court of public opinion ever since. Wow. Okay. So that's fascinating. I think we've covered a lot of the case, um, a lot of the legal issues, but of course there's a ton more. We've got a pin in a couple things. Um, and I would love to hear people's, you know, comments. Yes. I know there is a trend. I see it on TikTok. I'm a little old for that app, but I am there. What? Um, how are you old? Okay. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Look, I, (laughs) it was a, it was a COVID decision and now I'm addicted, but I have seen (laughs) people who, are younger than I am even mm-hmm. who believe he's innocent and have posited some interesting theories. Yeah. So I would love to see anything that people want to know more about that we mm-hmm. didn't, cause we didn't sort of get into the step-by-step. Here's what happened. We talked about a lot about the legal issues, but I'd love for, you know, maybe one of our wine nights to talk about that and dig in. I agree. We, for, for those of you who are just tuning in, we are yes. going to be having different spots. This is brought to you by Tarani law LLC, and we're going to have different spots throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of our favorites is this one, the law unscripted, but on Fridays at happy hour, 4 p.m., we are also going to be doing the legal weekly wine. And each week we're going to cover the same topic, the same legal idea mm-hmm. that we're bringing up through the prior part of the week, but in a different way. So we're going to try to cover it where it's interesting and enjoyable mm-hmm. and informationable. Right. <laughs> That's not even a word. Educational? No. Yeah, yeah. For I each piece. Right. We covered a lot of sort of the legal issues here. Yeah. And then if we did maybe this on a, a weekly wine, we might dive into our personal thoughts. Um, very much so. Very much so. We do I know have I them. have them. I know you have them. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and, but we want to know yours, too. So drop a comment. Let us know if you have questions. And we might just bring it up on our next show. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us for the podcast regarding OJ Simpson, which ultimately was supposed to teach you a little bit more about the difference, the fundamental difference between the civil law and the criminal law. And check us out later because you never need a lawyer until you need one.